Welcome to the Notts Night podcast, celebrating great places to drink in and around Nottingham. Once again, today we are on location, and I think I'll let Robin Hood explain precisely where. Robin Hood will be put on the pedestal he deserves, as we have this world-class attraction here on our doorstep. But without any further ado, the doors will open in a minute, but it remains the same. Three cheers for Nottingham and its fine castle. Hip hip! Hip hip! Hip hip! hip. For Nottingham! This way! Yes, the recent proclamation that Nottingham Castle has reopened. It's had 30 million quid spent on it. And for now, you can get tickets by advance booking only, starting at £13 for an adult. Now, before you go all mardy on me with the uh, it's not a castle sneers and how much malarkey, let's consider the importance of the location. Because with the tourist attraction comes the visitors. And with the visitors come, hopefully, some much-needed income for the pubs around here. Because while they're likes of the castle, Fothergills and the trip to Jerusalem were able to take advantage of the outdoor trade. Some other places around here had to wait for indoor opening and even then social distancing means a limited capacity. Nevertheless, we look forward to a visitor boom. Recently, I was talking to award-winning beer writer Pete Brown about his thoughts on pubs and tourism and he began talking about his favourite pub experience in the United States. In some way, in terms of hospitality, in some ways, they're a lot better than a lot of British pub staff are. In terms, I'm not saying at their jobs, but I'm saying in, in, into that kind of interpersonal relationship thing. And there's a beautiful nuanced thing where you, you sit in the bar, you, you've got your pint of, of IPA next to you. And when it gets down to about uh, two, two, three inches in the bottom of the glass, they'll come over and go, you want another one? And so just as you're finishing off the dregs of your glass, a fresh one arrives. <laughs> And, and they're doing that because, you know, they're getting a dollar a dollar tip off each one. And then there's another aspect to it, which is that if I've got my head down in a book, they'll leave me alone. And if I look up and look around the bar, they'll walk over and start a conversation with me if they're not too busy. Yeah, you get then, looked after in America, don't you? You get that personal service, maybe because you're a stranger, but maybe because, as you say, it's a tip culture. The more that they interact with you, the more friendly you're likely yeah. to become and the more you're likely to tip at the at the end of the round. We're kind of getting that now at the moment in the UK with table service, aren't we? We're getting um, publicans and their staff who are really pleased to see us. And moreover, Definitely. we're really pleased to see them because we've not done it for months. We are. And the, the other thing from their point of view, uh, I was in a, a beer garden last week. Fantastic, wonderful experience. And we were, talk, we were talking to the staff going, isn't it great? Isn't it great? And they were like, yeah, but even though we've got less people, it's so much more work. Because they used to standing there, dispensing pints, taking the money, taking it to the next person. And this like each time they're running back to the bar, getting a drink, coming back with them on the tray, bringing the card machine over, taking your payment. And then the next person at the next table, they've been waiting by for five minutes for their drinks by this time. So then you're rushing back to get there. But I think their stats show consistently that with tourists coming to Britain from other countries, the pub is second on their to-do list behind the royal family and palaces and things like that. Um, and people come here wanting a traditional pub experience. Um, I, I spoke to, I was, I was lucky enough that, to want to share a publisher with uh, Don DeLillo, who is for my, for my mind, the greatest living writer in English uh, in the world. He writes these huge, great American novels. And, and I was invited to his launch party. 
and I was introduced to him as someone who writes about beer and I thought oh great and he said beer and he took me into a corner away from all these groupies and said let me ask you something he said I'm staying at the Savoy Hotel which they tell me is the best hotel in London and I'm a massive fan of English beer when I'm writing back in Brooklyn I just get cases of Bass Ale uh, to, to, to drink while I'm writing and I'm staying in the Savoy and it's the best hotel in London and the only beer they've got is Budweiser why, why, why is that? <laughs> and, and, you know, pe people come to this country for a British experience or what they imagine their British experience to be. And we give them back what they already know sometimes. I take it that you took him straight to Fleet Street nearby the Savoy, not too far, is it, You where there are some fine pubs still to this day. It's very interesting you talk about tourism and Visit Britain and those tourist organisations, because Nottingham Castle is just about to reopen after a massive refurbishment. And I've been speaking to Carl Gibson, who's the landlord of the trip to Jerusalem, and he thinks it's going to bring loads of new visitors to the area and revive the fortunes of the pub. It's exciting times, really. The uh, I think the city's missed the castle being open. To be honest, it's uh, especially this side of the city as well, the castle quarter. It's really missed that kind of life, uh, kind of kicking on, really. So, when they ever came into the trip afterwards, they would always say, "Well, there's not much telling us about the actual history of Nottingham." Whereas now they've actually put that as the focus point and everything else around it. So it's great. And what will you, as a pub, be doing? Because I've always found the trip acts a little bit on part fact, on legends, on stories, rather than what might have actually happened? Uh, well, basically, it's trying to keep Nottingham on the map, really. So whatever we can do to help that, whether it is beer, beer and food or a good story, we'll, uh, we'll always play our part, really. Carl Gibson from the trip to Jerusalem, and before that, beer writer Pete Brown. You can find more of his stuff at petebrown.net. <laughs> You're with the Knots Night podcast, celebrating great places to drink in and around Nottingham. And while we're here in the Castle Quarter, a timely mention for a pub that sometimes gets overlooked. Standing proud at Royal Standard Place is the Roundhouse. Easily missed because it's not on the tourist trail of Castle Hill itself, but it is well worth a visit, not least for its history. This was part of the former Nottingham General Hospital. And if you sit in the bar here, you'll be in the very place that used to be the maternity ward. Cast your eyes upwards and you will see delicate artwork on the ceiling. Might not quite be the Sistine Chapel, but it is pretty impressive. Now, the Roundhouse also usually has a decent selection of real ales and a menu that ranges from tapas to full Sunday lunch. And importantly, it's independently owned. Well, a roast at the Roundhouse will cost you a shade more than a single adult ticket to the castle. Those are the sorts of prices you will pay for good food at this end of town. Although there is a slightly cheaper option for grub just down the road at the Crafty Crow, the tap house for the Magpie Brewery. You'll find eight hand pools on offer and an airy open bar to enjoy them in. It's not quite as fancy as the Roundhouse, but it still packs a good punch. You know, at Knott's Nights, we get asked some of the biggest questions going. For instance, what would happen if you cross the Knott's Night theme tune with the one from Hill Street Blues? I mean, whatever your question is, email it to knotsnight at gmail.com. Another one that's been preying on my mind as I stand here at the castle gate is that, well, I can't help thinking that there's something missing from me here. Well, the other week, BBC Radio Nottingham seemed to be thinking exactly the same thing. And here's what the chief executive of the Castle Trust, Sarah Blair Manning, had to say. 
just in case anybody's wondering about the beer festival, because the beer festival, of course, is always the question. The beer festival this year is going to Trent Bridge, as I think most people know. Um, but we have had conversations with the, the beer festival promoters about possibly coming back next year. We're just waiting to see how the site pans out, really, and, and, and what, what we want to do and what they want to do. Well, raise my standard and call me King John, if you like. That is music to our ears. Now, remember what she said. It's just discussions for now. Nottingham Camera have since clarified by saying they've been offered the brew house yard for the beer festival next year, and they're not quite sure whether it's going to be big enough for their needs. We await to see. Uh, talking of which, though, with this year's Robin Hood Beer and Cider Festival to get sorted out yet, and Nottingham Camera still hasn't put the tickets on sale, though you can register your interest online. That event is due to run from the 13th to the 16th of October. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Knots Night podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please subscribe on this here platform. Check out the latest reviews at knotsnight.com and do give us a follow at Knots Night on Twitter.